Welcome to the Federal View podcast series from Government Marketing University. This series offers commentary and insights from our ambassadors who are all former government trailblazers who served in leadership roles. During these podcasts, our ambassadors look behind the IT hype and candidly discuss how they would prioritize their time and their budgets today. Listen to this podcast series to hear the federal view from behind the scenes on current headlines and hot topics that will help you in your marketing and sales efforts to the federal government. Hi, this is Martha Doris. Welcome to the federal view. I'm here with Karen Britton, former CIO for the White House and the senior vice president and COO for e-management. I'm also here with Kimberly Hancher, formerly CIO for the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and currently the principal consultant for Deepwater Point. I was formerly the Deputy Associate Administrator for GSA's Office of Citizen Services and Innovative Technologies, so welcome again to the Federal View. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about um, a topic that's um, hitting the news and and impacts agencies, OMB, GSA, which is IT modernization. It also impacts the citizens. So um, to begin, I'd like to talk a little bit about the Modernizing Government Technology Act that was passed last December as part of of the National Defense Authorization Act. And the um, MGT Act, as it's known, um, has really two primary provisions that address agency IT modernization needs. Uh, The first is around, it establishes a central technology modernization fund and a technology modernization board to manage the fund And the second piece is it authorizes all CFO Act agencies the ability to establish um, IT working capital funds. So I think those are really setting the stage for giving agencies some flexibility in terms of modernizing their IT infrastructure. And we all have heard the data around 80% of all the funds being used for operations and maintenance and leaving only like 20% for innovation. So this is an attempt to really give agencies the flexibilities that they need in order to put some some effort into and and funding resources into their their infrastructures. So why don't we um, start with um, Karen to talk about the fund and and some of the intricacies of the use of the fund and, you know, as a former CIO, how you think the fund would be, you know, used um, to your advantage. So, Martha, that's a really good point. And this uh, this MGT Act that creates the fund is really, I think, a, a pioneer move to creating this new model for federal agencies to go after funding for IT modernization projects. Um, in it, actually, CIOs can look beyond the operations as you, as you described and talk about ways that they can build out funding, whether it's for um, shared services, or enhancements to cybersecurity, or improving uh, efficiencies and, and, and things like moving to, to commercial cloud. Uh, so the fund is actually enabling agencies to submit proposals and proposals to the board that will actually lay out specific milestones in which their projects want to go through these initial rounds of approval for funding. Uh, Part of the, the act actually lays out the criteria for this, so I think it's really important for the agency CIOs to truly understand the, the process. And to your point, there's actually a board uh, comprised and, and led by the SES, uh, the CIO uh, 
federal, uh, the, the federal CIO and members of other agencies. And through that board, they're going to actually look through these proposals, whether it truly is enhancement and to your point, not operations, and uh, look at how they actually go through incremental funding to ensure that we're talking about successful delivery of projects. That is the kind of part, part one that you're talking about. The other part is really talking about this working capital fund in, in terms of that. So how do we see this playing out? Because certain agencies have already been out front, certain 24 CFO Act agencies have been out front with working capital funds. Others are, I think, trying to get into this mix and maybe new to the WTF area. Um, so what are your thoughts about that? So I've seen um, a couple of areas where people have an idea about what, what's supposed to work versus what the reality is in terms of almost like, um, you know, we've talked about Mythbusters here. Um, the fund actually called for 200 plus million, and I forget the exact dollar of value for FY18 and 200 plus million, 250 million, I think, for, for FY19. But in reality, there is no money in the fund right now. So I think that's an important thing for people to realize is agencies don't have that money or they don't, that, that money is not available to them. And given that we're still under continuing resolution, um, until we have a budget and see how much money is allocated to that fund, this is really, you know, not, not alive and well. So that's one, I think, kind I think of that's important. an important piece to call out because, yes, we still are in this point where, age, where Congress has yet to even approve the funding. Right. I think this is where agencies start to get prepared for what they really want to get through the board for proposals and for approval. Well, when I think back uh, on my days as a chief information officer, and what my agency might have, um, you know, been considering. Uh, I can think of at least two or three areas of modernization that were really important areas in the strategic plan for the agency. Uh, one of the areas would probably be called customer experience because we really didn't have any government to citizen and electronic transactions. You know, we just didn't have that portfolio. And um, I'm, I'm sure that many agencies have been trying to get rid of paper for quite a while mm -hmm. and have been working on a digital strategy. And they even have a vision for how they would like to serve the citizen, but they don't have so startup funds, and um, we all know that software development, you know, can be rather costly um, in, in, in terms of uh, software development, startup costs, and that over um, the period of time that it gets, um, let's say, platformed and stable, then the maintenance costs will go down. But I would think that um, establishing digital services would be one of the um, drivers for uh, agencies applying for use of these funds. Thank you, Kimberly. I know from, my, from me, I've heard a lot of agencies say that they couldn't even um, take advantage of the latest in technology around contact centers 
because their infrastructure was so old. So I think that this, this modernization of networks and infrastructure is really a critical foundation for, um, for agencies being able to you know, be more efficient, effective, and to deliver this customer experience, including internally and to the yeah, citizens. You said it, baby, because those networks that we depend on every day for our bandwidth, for our throughput, they are some, there are still lots and lots of antiquated legacy data circuits right there. Luckily, we have an exciting new contract. I was just going to mention that, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, EIS from GSA, um, which is really meant to be your 10 trusted and valued service providers for telecom. And agencies are in the initial phases of doing their transitions from networks the former, you know, telecom contract mandated agents uh, federal-wide and, and starting to move services into the EIS world. Correct. And that's a whole other subject, right, that we could spend hours on in terms of the, the migration to the uh, enterprise infrastructure solutions contract. Mm -hmm. um, so to sort of rewind back into the um, technology modernization fund and the way that it will operate, um, Karen, you mentioned that, that there was a board created, but there's a lot of, um, there was a memo that was just released on the implementation of the Modernizing Government Technology Act, and it was released on February 27th, and it really gives a lot of specific provisions for criteria that the projects are going to be reviewed for, mm -hmm. and, and some of, and some of those things at CC, uh, what you brought up, Martha, really needs to include, you know, Kimberly said, uh, a strategy that is a strong, executable strategy that CIOs have in place that have clearly laid out a technical approach, uh, moving like adoption to the commercial um, technology solutions like commercial cloud or uh, acquisition strategies that need to be laid out in these proposals. And again, Talking about shared services and shared solutions, how we can across the board use common platforms to, to do that. Hey, I just had an idea. What if you were... And that's Kimberly talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> what if you were an agency like Department of Interior, okay, Interior Business Center, where you're already providing services for customer agencies. You're providing them with their HR and their payroll system, right? Mm -hmm. Well, as we know, there are many other closely coupled processes like learning management, like talent management, that should be part of that ecosystem. So if I was Department of Interior, I'd go in and say, the services, the shared services that we want to modernize are our HR payroll so that they bring suite of services to our client agencies. I could see them as a competitor. Well, I've, I've heard, uh, you know, Tony Scott, the former federal CIO, speak recently on Government Matters talking about the kind of proposals. And I think that that's one area that is definitely going to be reviewed as part of the criteria when when making selection for projects, right? Things that add to the shared services and are common in 
common functions that cross the government that ultimately will provide better services and at less um, cost. And I wonder if that's one of the questions in the you know proposals in the template for proposals. Um, it will certainly make a lot of sense because if we're talking about saving money across the board and, um, you know, having to get out front with something that may be like, a, as you described, a cradle-to-grade solution that is already in place that other agencies can use, that to me would make total sense for it to be part of the proposal package or questions actually when you're applying for CMS. Right, exactly. Um, well, in looking at the, um, and by the way, the memo that we're talking about is called um, M1812 Implementation of the Modernizing Government Technology Act. Right. So it's on, uh, of course, the internet. Um, but the questions that each agency has to include uh, in their proposal is um, how it fulfills your agency's mission and identifying the problem. This project solve and how successful execution of the project solves the problem. So they're, they're really looking for an overall project description, but there's very little in this uh, project template that gives metrics about, there's nothing that's asked about how many people or how many agencies or how many processes, you know, um, will be covered by the proposed project. So I think my thinking is that uh, they're, they're going to need a little bit more time to find those metrics. I do I do know, this, Martha, that there are agencies already working on proposals to be submitted to the board. Um, and, and there's only going to be so much money in that pot, right? And so they're going to be competing with other agencies to, um, you know, determine where the government's going to get the most bang for the buck. And I think it's really important to also... Um, mentioned that this money is is supposed to be paid back within five years. And so in their proposal, I believe they are supposed to also identify how they plan on reimbursing that fund, which is is going to be interesting to see how that works over that five-year period. Um, and just as it's important to note the projects that they're kind of looking for, I think it's also important that there are specific, I you know, types of projects that they're saying are not intended. Like this fund is not intended to really accelerate existing ongoing modernization projects or supplement funding that you're using that you started through your agency's working capital fund or to fund projects that you've already been denied by Congress in the past. So it's in, in, in my mind, that modernization fund is a path to itself, you know, to, to, for funding, and it's like you're making a deal with OMB in the White House, whereas it is to, a deal to it's, go to the second fund. It's, it gives the agencies the ability yeah. to create their own working capital fund, and then you're sort of on, in your own agencies under your own agency's control between the program office, the CFO, and the CIO. However, OMB is giving you the authority for this working capital fund, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you take out a loan and you got to pay it back. <laughs> but and that and that to that point, it really is that investment and getting out and, and CIOs getting out front with uh, moving to these platforms, trying to get off of these legacy systems, trying to transition to 
commercial, innovative solutions and, um, you know, setting up a plan of how they're actually going to reimburse the funds that they get from the CMS. Many former CIOs, such as ourselves, would have loved to have had that kind of opportunity to really uh, invest and get uh, money from such a program that we can move forward and get that activity started in place. So, Well, one of the flexibilities, you know, that I find important in the working capital fund is around agencies and CIOs. If they save money, people never really try to save a lot of money because they'd lose the money. Now they can take the savings and put it into their own working capital fund that they can use to fund other modernization efforts. So it's almost, and you don't have to pay it back, right? So there's, there's really, you know, it's a really a strategic, you know, approach that a CIO and their programs need to take within an agency to identify what's the best opportunities to use the technology modernization fund versus using your own working capital fund. So I don't know if either of you as former CIOs have anything you want to um, want to add about that, or um, we. I also want to go into, okay, so if you're at a company and you're marketing to the government, how do you leverage these flexibilities when you're talking to a client? So, yeah. so a lot of agencies, and I, I mean, of course, I'm talking about the 21st CFOX agencies, have working capital funds. I know um, as a former Navy person working Navy teachers in command, our warfare centers were working capital fund organizations. And what was critical about that were essentially identifying the cost, you know, somewhat of a fee for service, what that cost was. And as CIOs, if you're going to lay out what it costs, you know, for someone to be on the network, what it costs for telecom. I think the groups that are paying in have to be clear about the customer service and the service level agreements, what they're actually going to get. So I think as agencies are looking out, and some of them are actually creating WCF as the solution to, uh, again, break this whole cycle of government and, and regenerating reprogramming appropriations, that this is actually put in place as, I would call it a financial tool for these common services. It really acts as a way of standardizing across the service delivery and financing a way to get the delivery of service to your, to your customers. Um, this is a really positive approach um, for, I think, developing prices of the services, and to you know, re- really recover the cost of operations that, generally speaking, uh, a CIO kind of back office has to provide to their customers across their agencies, across their divisions, across their programs. And a good mechanism, again, when used effectively to align with um, what we're calling as citizen service activities that we need to provide for our internal customers so that they can support their mission and get the work done that they need to get done. Kimberly? Well, I think um, the, I think a lot of the benefits that we're going to see from the um, Management Act implementation is going to be in common solutions. I really think that, you know, we've made some progress 
with shared with, with the concept of shared services. Um, we've gotten to cataloging them and inventorying them, and that's part of the work that the USF USMML, I think that's what it's called. Um, but it's the shared service. Um, missionary of GSA got a wonderful inventory of all shared services across agencies that are offered. Um, and I, I really see the Management Act attracting uh, development of more shared services. Um, perhaps those that cross agency lines and can be a shared service for many agencies. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I agree with you. I think that the these shared services and, and kind of core functions that cross agencies is going to be an important component of their um, of their decision making as they make selections. And just from a discussion standpoint, the kind of thing that I'm thinking is like um, you know case management. Okay, case management is is a process that almost every single agency does. Mm-hmm. They do it a little differently because there's different workflows. But if we have a shared service that can truly be leveraged and configured for um, each agency, you know, that would be a tremendous saving across government. And the other good piece about working capital is that, it, I forgot to mention this earlier, that the point is that the authority remains available across the fiscal accounting period. Right, right. We are in the throes of continuous CR. And so this is like similar to like a no-year appropriation um, that, that makes it so that the money is available until it's actually expended, which really puts these agencies in a good position. It does, and I think it's... it's um you know the the flexibilities of a working capital fund can't be under you know mm-hmm. under uh, exactly. So um, let's let's well two things. One is um, if you want information on the actual policies around this uh, modernizing government technology act, they're on um, policy.cio.gov, and then the um, project proposals that are being accepted, they're submitted um, to a website or to an email at GSA, which is probably not that. Um, uh, critical, but if you were a, mar- a government marketer, right, who we're talking to today, how would you approach your government clients um, in terms of, you know, educating them because they may not actually know all the flexibilities that they have access to through these different funds, and how can you help them in terms of the the products and services that you provide to them? Well, uh, I'll tell you, if I was marketing my products and services, I would have a a briefing prepared and tried to get in front of the agency CIO and CFO and uh, basically address the five questions that are in the proposal that you need um, and and kind of lay out the idea of whatever it is that I'm pitching, Mm -hmm. how it could be proposed as a uh, project that is uh, available for and competitive at obtaining the funds in the Modernizing Government Technology Act. Right. 
certainly if you have experience in any of the areas of focus, whether we're talking about shared services or we're talking about, you know, uh, commercial cloud computing and other innovative platforms, you want to get in front of the decision makers. You, if you're in an agency already and you're somewhat embedded, you certainly have a clue in terms of where your CIO is headed with their strategic plan, with their roadmap, and how you move out of, uh, I think, the, the standardized kind of stabilization operations more into innovative and transformative activities. Because everyone wants to get into that space. I think they're, uh, you know, kind of bogged down by the day-to-day, -day, whether it's IG or audits or operations or infrastructure systems breaking down, legacy systems breaking down. But if you're in and you have that opportunity, um, to Kimberly's point, getting in front of the CIO who's closely working with their uh, Chico's and CFOs in terms of where they're trying to go to. And this is a niche market in your company space. This is a really good time and a good opportunity to take advantage of that. But they're the ones that are going to need the help on the proposal. Right. Uh, you know, this is Martha. It's interesting. Um, you know, I was part of the shadow IT group, not in the CIO's office. So, um, you know, I would also recommend talking to these big programs who deliver services to citizens and who may need this new way of, you know, modernized infrastructure to help them actually achieve their goals. Um, I think this whole area of modernizing infrastructure, infrastructures and then, you know, better delivering service to the citizens is an interesting area. And, you know, we talked about the fact that there's been five centers of excellence that have been created. Um, at GSA and that they're in the process of evaluating and uh, um, awarding contracts for phase one of those COEs. And, and those COEs are around cloud adoption, infrastructure optimization, customer experience, um, contact centers, and service delivery analytics. And so all those together, I think, are really the administration's way of focusing attention to modernizing infrastructure or the infrastructure and improving service delivery. So, it, you know, they're going to be, USDA is the first agency that they're working with to leverage the, the COEs and they will be moving um, into other agencies as, as these contracts are awarded and there's all kinds of intricacies around phase one and phase two. But as we kind of close out today, I wanted to kind of close by, by you know, any last minute thoughts about, you know, the, the fund, any advice to agencies, any advice to the companies who are marketing to, the, to these agencies or the CIOs, because you can talk to them as a former CIO. So, uh, Karen? I, I would say that, you know, despite the fact that we're in a space where people may see certain budget uncertainty, we have agencies who are out in front wanting to take steps towards major IT modernization. And it behooves the marketers who are paying attention to this to work with your customers, to get in, to talk to them about proposals, talk about how you can help formulate what their needs are, 
uh, as they try to move into um, shared services, citizen-centric focus, and to, and to be in one accord because you're providing great information to your customers. That's what they need. That's what they want. Yeah, and, you know, I think that one of the things that is likely happening within the agency is most agencies have some sort of capital planning and investment management process. They've got either an advisory board or a IT investment review board or something in place for proposals like this. And so now that there is a new sort of source of supply, if you will, other than their own appropriations, um, they, they're modifying their CPIC process to identify the proposals that are most likely to be elevated for this management uh, or for the um, MGT funding. So that's another thing that's probably happening in each one of the agencies is how does this fit with our existing CPIC process? Um, my advice to the folks that will be, you know, completing proposals and submitting them would be to really focus on the vision of how things should work, how it will be in the end, and, and really um, describe the, the benefits for the agency and the customers that it serves, rather than on the detailed, you know, technology and down in the weeds description of how bad the current, you know, legacy environment is. I think you can also never go wrong at providing agencies with a vision of how you think new technologies, new ways of doing business, innovation can actually help them improve kind of the way they deliver service. And, and in that approach, fitting it into the pegs and the rules and the, you know, of all of these new flexibilities. So I think it's an exciting time for agencies. And I think as we get a budget, hopefully soon, that it's going to, it's going to provide um, federal agencies and um, the IT industry um, mechanisms and ways to be able to help agencies improve their service delivery and help the American people. So I think with that, we're going to close out today's Federal View. Thank you to Kimberly and to uh, Karen. And um, we look forward to talking to you um, at the next Federal View. You just heard an exclusive Federal View podcast series interview from Government Marketing University. This series offers commentary and insights from our ambassadors who are all former government trailblazers who served in leadership roles. 